Howdy there. I'm Matt McKinley with the Burning Daylight Podcast. If you ever wanted to make a podcast, well, Spotify's got a platform that makes that lets you make one super easily. And then you can distribute it everywhere and even earn money. All in one place for free. It's called Spotify for, for Podcasters, and here's how it works. Spotify for Podcasters lets you record and edit podcasts right from the phone or computer. Uh, so no matter what uh, your setup was like, you can uh, start creating today. Then you can distribute your podcast to Spotify and everywhere else podcasts are heard. Video podcasts are also available on Spotify. And uh, if you like my show, Fence Post Politics with my buddy Aaron, that's the place to watch it because it's all video all the time. And we... Uh, like we share videos, we comment on videos, we share news articles and uh, and funny memes. So um, it's pretty cool. Um, and also, if you want to take your conversations to uh, with your fans to the next level, uh, your question and answer, answer and polls are the best way to get them talking. You can attach that to your your podcast there, and, and you get your you get you know valuable interactions with your fan your fans. And uh, <clears throat> with Spotify for podcasters, you can earn money in a variety of ways, including ads and podcast subscriptions. And best of all, it's totally free with no catch. And that's uh, that that is true. Um, <clears throat> I'm supposed to do a testimonial here. Um, but anyways, this is the, the podcast I use or the podcast uh, host that I use. I like Spotify. They're uh, they're very good on just letting you do your thing uh, with uh, with no catch to it. Uh, there's a good reason why Joe Rogan hosts podcasts on Spotify, and, and this is uh, this is a great way to get started if you if you have ever thought about starting a podcast. This is where I would send anybody to go. Um, <coughs> Best thing you can do is just download the Spotify for Podcasters app, or you can go to Spotify.com slash podcasters to get started. And yeah, if you've ever thought about just doing a podcast, or if you're tired of paying a monthly service that uh, doesn't seem to do much for you, Spotify Podcasters is your spot. So uh, go to Spotify.com slash podcasters or download the app today. myself a piece of toast had fifty dollars in my pocket gonna chase myself a ghost howdy there i'm matt mckinley and we're burning daylight so i'm gonna go off on a little bit of a political tangent here and uh there's a there's a story i read this morning I was drinking my coffee about this climate change bill that they are trying to pass in Oregon. It's expected to pass because uh, there's a Democrat major- majority in the in the state house and the state senate, and then they have a Democratic governor as well. Same 
same type of thing as we have here in Nevada. Same thing happened in Colorado, California. You know, it's it's become an issue. Uh, 2018 was a bad year for liberty-minded people. And what they have been doing in these separate states, like here in Nevada, they're passing a bunch of these, you know, like pet projects of uh, of progressive groups, like the like green energy, climate change policy, uh, gun control bills, and just a bunch of bunch of stuff like that, and and they are ramming it through as fast as they can because. They know it's going to be unpopular and it's probably going to get them, uh, probably they're not going to get reelected because of a lot of this stuff. So, they, they've got this bill in, in Oregon that basically sets up a, a cap and trade deal for emissions. And so what that means is they say you are only allowed to have a certain amount of emissions per year and we're gonna we're gonna cut that amount every year until it's down to zero which is a pipe dream you always are gonna have some sort of emission uh, even if you, you burn not a drop of oil there's gonna be an emission of some sort somewhere that's it's a pipe dream so what this is going to do is, what, what they do is they create a market for those who cannot afford to, to redo their business in order to meet these emission standards. They're creating a market where you can buy, buy emissions overages, basically. They, they will permit you, you know, the crown, as it pleases the crown, they were going to allow you to to use just a little more emissions than what they say. But you gotta buy it. And so they're gonna auction off these these overages or whatever they call it. And but they're gonna they're gonna cut down on the amount every year. And whew! so then what that does is it drives the price up for these overages and and eventually it's gonna get too expensive to buy those and only the great big companies can can afford it and the small guy goes out of business that's that is the long and short of it because they cannot they cannot afford to comply with these these regulations and and it's just kind of a tough luck well this is how it is you're out you're lost and what the headline was was Oregon State House uh, closed due to militia threat. So what had happened was they they were trying to get these bills passed, and the Republicans do not have the votes in order to strike it down. the The Democrats have a majority, and and they are all in lockstep. So. The, the Republican lawmakers did what the only other thing they could do, and that is not show up. 
They walked out of the the session and a bunch of them even left the state so that they could not be rounded up by the Oregon State Police and, and forced to come back to vote. And, and the governor was even calling for the state police to go round up the, these Republicans so they could bring them back and then they could continue to just throat fuck us with this climate change bill. And then there's these, these people went out and protested on the, the lawn of the state house in Oregon. And the Oregon de- State Police deemed that there was a threat from militia. So the state lawmakers needed to cancel their vote. And they did. But I have yet to read of any instance where violence was threatened at all. There, there have been militia members there, and they have been armed, but it is their right to be armed, it is their right to protest, and they have not threatened violence that I can find. Maybe they did, and if they did, then they should be, uh, they should be dealt with accordingly. But from what I have read, and I've read several articles this morning on it, not once has a instance uh, been mentioned where violence was threatened. So what they're looking at is a peaceful protest. And, and what we are seeing is the demonization of these people because they don't, wanna, they don't want their, their standard of living to go down and their cost of living to go up because of this this bill that will probably not have a single effect on the on the climate i don't know i'm not a scientist just just a self-proclaimed doctor but even their own projections they've uh they've said that all this money needs to be spent but it's really not going to make much of a difference on the climate so then what the fuck are we spending money on? And and this is just a just the Oregon based one now. But it's going on everywhere. There's they've had similar type deals proposed here in Nevada, Colorado, California already has it. And uh, and you can tell it is hurting business because people are leaving California in droves because it's too expensive to live there because of all the fucking regulations. You can't even, uh, L.A., I believe, gets, like, two-thirds of their energy from Utah because it is too expensive to open a, a power plant in California anymore that's, that's coal-fired or natural gas-fired, I imagine, too. But I, they, it is too expensive for them to produce their own energy, and so they have to buy it from out-of-state. Uh, Tesla moved to Nevada because of the business-friendly climate here. There's no state income tax. The environmental regulations, for the time being, are fairly lax. But, much like they're doing there in Oregon, the, the state legislature here and the governor, they're all democ- democratically controlled. 
are shoving as many of these these pet project progressive bills as they can down our throats before they get voted out in 2020. And I, God, I hope they do. This will be one of the one of the times where I'm going to suck up my uh, my pride, and I'm probably going to vote Republican across the board because there's no better option. And uh, and I'm going to feel dirty about it. But unless they're good candidates, I don't know. Some of them, some of them are, some of them aren't. But I I probably won't even entertain the thought of a of a Democratic candidate. Just because I can see what they're doing right now, and and I I hate it. So that's kind of where I'm on that. But the problem with uh, this article that I saw is it needlessly uh, demonizes these people, and uh, and militia has become a bad word. You know, it's been taboo and. Uh, but the, this country was founded on a militia through the blood, sweat, and tears and lives of militiamen the United States of America was created. We talk about our founder, founding fathers, you know, Jefferson and Washington and Franklin and Adams. And they, were, they played a vital role in shaping policy and shaping the government. But it was a bunch of farmers with pitchforks and guns that won us our independence. That, that, that's the long and short of it. So, I don't know why a militia is a bad word. The militia is there to keep the government in check. And this is a reason why the Second Amendment is so important. It's not about hunting. It's not about recreational shooting. And it's not even so much about self-defense. It is there as a check against the tyrannical government. You can read the Federalist Papers and all the writings while they were debating the Bill of Rights, and there is a very good reason why the Second Amendment is there, and that is to serve as a check against the tyrannical government. And you have, you've seen it employed several times. You look at the, the Bunker Hill standoff in southern Nevada with the, the Bundy Ranch. The only reason those folks didn't get arrested that day and their their cattle confiscated was because a bunch of Americans exercised their second amendment right and they showed up and said no you've gone too far this is enough we're not we're not taking this anymore and the BLM was forced to stand down because of private citizens with weapons whether you agree with it or not whether you agree with the tactics or not, it was effective. Uh, the, could the feds have won that fight? 100%, yes. They had better weapons. They, there was, uh, they had the law on their side. And, and they could have, they could have took them out. No problem. I mean, they, they could have just gone. Bundy, Bundy clan gone. All their supporters gone. They would have caused a shitstorm like they they couldn't have recovered from. Much like the Ruby Ridge and the Waco massacre, it would have been another one of those, and they didn't want that on their hands, so they they stood down. And and that there's there's other examples, but those that is the most recent one that I can think of. 
where the Second Amendment served as a check on a tyrannical government. And, and oh, by the way, you don't have to agree with it, but the judge, they, they threw out the Bundy case with prejudice. They can't even retry the, the Bundys because they withheld evidence and they tried to suppress uh, exonerating evidence. And, and this, was, this was not some uh, originalist constitutional lawyer, judge. This was, this was a judge that was appointed by Barack Obama, fairly, fairly liberal-leaning. And even she said, no, this is bullshit. You guys are trying to frame these people. And uh, I'm not having it. She threw the case out with prejudice, and it cannot be retried. And I think there's probably some some other ulterior motives why she did that. And I think it had a lot to do with uh, with uh, all uh, discovery on the prosecution side. I think they didn't want a lot of these uh, malpractices that were committed by federal agents to come to the light of day. And that's purely speculation on my part, but... I'd be willing to bet a little bit of money on it. And uh, so while she did a good thing in, uh, in throwing that case out, I, I don't think it was done, you know, because she was such a liberty lover. I think it was, it was a cover-your-ass deal. But for whatever reason, kudos to her. And, and, then, and then you look at the, at the Malheur wildlife refuge occupation where the Bundys again and uh, Lavoie Finnicum and a few others they they occupied this uh, this wildlife refuge building which was had been shut down for the year because it was it was winter nobody was going out there it's colder than fuck where they were there in, in Oregon and uh, so what they did was they walked into an unlocked building, which is public property, being a BLM building, publicly owned. So we the people supposedly own that. They, the door was unlocked. They walked in, they set up camp, and they started making repairs. They started making speeches. And this was all in protests against how the, the government was treating the Hammond family. And the Hammond family was a, they, they ran a ranch outside of uh, Burns, Oregon. And they, their land butted up against the, the Malheur Wildlife Refuge, which had been uh, acquired by the, the BLM by buying out a bunch of the neighboring ranches to the Hammonds. And these Hammonds were the last they were the last family to. They were the last holdout, I guess, is what you'd say. They they said, no, we're not selling. We like our ranch. We like what we're doing. We're going to keep it, and we're not selling. So then the BLM started harassing them, changing the changing the rules, and uh, and eventually they got them convicted of arson for setting a back burn, which ended up burning about 40 acres of, uh, of public ground, if I remember right. 
it wasn't a whole lot of ground but they by doing that they they stopped a wildfire in its tracks and probably saved you know tens of thousands if not millions of acres from getting burnt up and and because of that they were they were tried and convicted and sentenced under a domestic terrorism act so they they were considered domestic terrorism or do, domestic terrorists for setting this back burn when they really they probably should have been paid for their work because they saved a lot of ground so they get they get tried they get convicted and they get sentenced they both go to prison dwight and steve hammond both go to prison they serve their sentences they go back home well, I don't know where the appeal came from, but they get sent back to court because under this domestic terrorism law, there is a mandatory minimum sentence, which means you have to you have to serve no less than this amount of time for your said crime. And the the judge that originally sentenced them uh I guess he must have uh, felt a little sympathy for him, so he did not—he did not sentence them to the the mandatory minimum. He he reduced their sentence. Well, because of that, they they went had to go back to court and they lost, and then they had to go back to prison to serve out the remaining of this mandatory minimum sentence. If that is not du- double jeopardy, I don't know what is. If that's not cruel and unusual punishment, I don't know what is. Both of them unconstitutional. Well, President Trump ended up pardoning them both. And and the Hammonds wanted, from what I understand, they wanted no part of this protest that in their name uh, by the, the Bundys. And one of the, one of the preconditions for their uh, clemency was they were not to be in contact with with the Bundys. Well, and then I guess for a little more backstory there during that that occupation, uh, Lavoy Finnicum, a rancher from Arizona, one of uh, the Bundy neighboring ranches, was shot and killed on a roadside in Oregon as he tried to. Uh, he was trying to go talk to a sheriff in the neighboring county. They set up a roadblock, and and uh, the Oregon State Police and the FBI ended up ended up shooting him dead. And there's video of him in the vehicle before he gets out. He's saying they're going to shoot me, and they did. And uh, so, and then they. The, the media spun that as a domestic terrorism incident, armed occupation. Well, fast forward a couple years, every single person involved in that occupation, plus the people that shot and killed the boy Finnicum, murdered, in, in my opinion, every single one of them was acquitted of all charges. Had the boy Finnicum not been shot, he'd be a free man today. They, uh, they found that no state laws were broken, but yet 
This man was shot and killed by the Oregon State Police and the FBI. This is the same Oregon State Police who deemed this peaceful protest at the State House. From Once again, from what I have read, this seems to be a peaceful protest. But the same Oregon State Police that was involved in the murder of, of Lavoie Finnicum is now calling this a, uh, a militia threat. And from, from what I can tell, that couldn't be farther from the truth. And that just really, really got my, got my hackles up this morning. And uh, I just wanted to shed some light on that because the only articles you're going to read in any major news publication is going to is going to portray those folks to be just you know crazed right-wing extremists that hate the government. And there's probably some truth in that on certain individuals. But I would say more than anything it is just a case of people standing up for their own economic interests and uh, trying to stand up to a government that is determined to to force this upon its citizens which is uh is not how this uh system of government is supposed to work but it's how it continues to work all the time and uh everybody talks about preserving our democracy and i say fuck the democracy Nobody has a nobody has a right to vote away my personal liberties, and that's that that's all it is. A democracy is a group of people voting to take away another person's personal liberty, and uh, so that, that may be an unpopular stance, but that's how I view it. And uh, I'm going to continue to monitor this system or uh, this uh, situation there in Oregon. I, I don't like where it's heading, and uh, I won't be surprised if there's some sort of conflict up there. I hope not, and if you happen to be a, somebody listening to this that is protesting, you be safe, be careful, know your rights, don't escalate, but don't back down. I think it's an important fight that you're doing, and... More than anything, just be be careful, stay safe. And uh, I, I hope it works out well for you. I'm not optimistic because I've, I've seen how governments act. And uh, the odds are not in your favor, but I wish you the best of luck and, uh, and just stay safe. Now that I have sufficiently lowered the mood for the day, I'm going to try to salvage it, and uh, I'm going to end with uh, a little more of a humorous story. <clears throat> and uh, try to try to close out on a high note. I, uh, I apologize for, for being uh, on more of a rant mode today, but that I really think that that was an important topic to cover. I'm going to share several stories about it on the Facebook page so take a take a little hiatus from the memes and the, and the funny stuff and uh, I encourage you to read it 
and stay informed. It, 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 is, it is important to, to be informed because, as you've seen over the years, the media is not afraid to lie to you. And they're not afraid to, to spin things in a certain light to, to advance their own agenda. And, and there's people that will try to deny that. And they always will, but you you can't ignore the evidence in front of you. Like you you are being lied to on a daily basis, and uh, and if you choose to accept that, that's on you. But if you want to know what's going on, you you got to stay informed. You got to read, and you gotta you gotta listen to some outlets that you might you might not normally uh, listen to. And I've said it before. But I, I truly believe that if you really want to know what the important issue going on in the world that you got to pay attention to, listen to the Ron Paul Liberty Report. <clears throat> does a great job of, uh, of telling you what's going on. And, uh, and this story wasn't on his radar, but it, was, it popped up on mine. And uh, like I said, my bullshit meter went off immediately. And I, I'm... Uh, I'm I do a pretty good job of sniffing out bullshit, so uh, take that for what it's worth, and uh, just stay informed. It'll 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 do you good in the long run. So anyway, I'm gonna tell you a little story about my college days. Today's show is brought to you once again by the D bags. Don't be a gunsel. And um, I've had a few comments on what a gunsel is. And uh, typically a gunsel is kind of described as somebody who looks like a cowboy, dresses like a cowboy. They overall don't know what the fuck they're doing. And, uh, and they're pretty prevalent anywhere you go. And some people have different names for them depending on what line of work you're in. But... For us in the cowboy world, we call them a gunsel. But anyway, Don't Be a Gunsel is it's a website started to uh, started with the working cowboy with, who has a sense of humor in mind. And they also have a line of merch that you can buy. Uh, they've got some hats and some stickers and uh, a coffee mug. Uh, you can find them at Don't Be a Gunsel on Instagram and Facebook. And... Uh, if you go buy any of their merch, make sure you use the promo code BURNINDAYLIGHT and get 10% off. It'll help them out, that'll help me out, and you get some cool shit for a little bit cheaper. And their prices are already pretty cheap, so go I'll go check them out, support them, and uh, use the burning, uh, burning Daylight promo code, B-U-R-N-I-N-D-A-Y-L-I-G-H-T. I... Uh, I spelled the daylight wrong yesterday because uh, I'm a fucking hand, that's why. But anyway, go check them out. Don't be a gunsel. Well, this was my freshman year, and uh, we, it was a, I believe it was Saturday night. Couldn't find a... Couldn't find a big party to go to. There's a bunch of frat parties and going on, of course, as there always are. But I wasn't big into the frat parties, and uh, so we just decided to uh, to grab some booze and uh, 
hang out at the dorms, play video games, watch some movies, and and get drunk, which uh, college kids tend to do. Shocker, I know. And we were having us a jolly good old time. There was there was five or six of us. Just we were we were drinking cheap vodka as is tradition, and. Uh, this might be one of the nights that kind of cured me from drinking vodka for for good pretty much but we we were sitting around playing madden and uh listening to music and and just getting well lubricated and there was this this dude mike that lived down the hall kind of a weird fella a little strange but we were being nice and uh so we we invited him over. Well, it turns out he was not into college drinking shape at all. And about two drinks in, he is uh, he is not in good shape. He's he's falling all over himself, slurring, and uh, and just making an ass out of himself in general. And next thing you know, we got a knock on the door, and it's our residential advisor. Miss Jessica, she lived on our floor, and she was the, you know, the RA, and she was a sweetheart, a little bit of a naive gal, real, real nice, kind of proper Catholic gal, and uh, she knocks on the door, and so there's a big scramble to, to hide all the booze. We were in, in Nick and Aaron's room, and so I, uh, I took Mike, and kind of just shoved him in through the bathroom into my room and I took all the booze that we had and uh, put it up in the closet in my room so I mean as if it wasn't evident by the smell and the rest of us just being just fucking sloshed if it wasn't obvious enough we tried to <laughs> we tried to mitigate the damage and uh, so I just kind of waited in the bathroom you know, just kind of peeking out, listening to the conversation, and she gave us the, oh, Jessica pretty well gave us just the mom lecture, I'm really, really disappointed in you boys, and uh, we kind of felt bad, but she, she kind of lets us be, doesn't report us or anything, and she goes on about her business, which was nice of her, she didn't have to do that, but she did, and uh, so I, <laughs> I go back into Nick and Aaron's room, and we're just like, holy shit, that was a close one. Boy, we dodged a bullet. I said, well, all right, I'm going to go. I'm going to make me a drink. So I had to go back over to my room, and uh, Mike's still in my room, and uh, I watch him, and he's got the Xbox controller, and he is just getting into whatever he's playing. And, you know, he's, he's doing the head movements and uh, just very animated about everything. And, you know, he's he's sitting in front of the TV. I'm standing behind the TV, and I uh, come around the corner to reach up into the cabinet to get the bottle of vodka, and <laughs> look over, see what Mike's playing, and I still to this day have no idea what he's playing because there was nothing on the screen. <laughs> the TV wasn't on. The Xbox was not on. But Mike was engrossed in this <laughs> in this game that he was playing in his head. I mean, he was really getting into it. 
And I mean, it, it looked like everybody who's played Mario Kart knows how you look when you're when you are just deep into a high stakes Mario Kart race. That's what he looked like. I mean, just juking and jiving, head fake, and all to a blank screen and a video game console that wasn't even powered on. <laughs> and that's all we said. Well, Mike, why don't you? I think you probably need to go go to bed. And uh, and we called somebody who was kind of good friends with him and uh, and to take care of him and uh, to make sure he didn't get himself into any kind of trouble. And so off he went and didn't think much of it. So here come fast forward about I think it was Monday or Tuesday. And I walk in from class to the room, and uh, Rob's sitting on his bed, uh, watching TV. And I, I walk in, and it just it smelled like he had just shit his pants. And I was like, "Good God, man! What did you What did you eat? I'm not one to to like. Usually, if somebody rips a big old nasty one, I, I kind of compliment him on it. Uh, hey, that was that was a good push or whatever. And uh, even when it's just, you know, the smell is atrocious, you're just like, oh, that, that was a good one. That's gross. You know, it's, it's almost like a badge of honor for a lot of us guys. But it, I mean, it was, I was just like, good God, man, what did you eat? And he's like, I had nothing. He's like, I haven't ate anything today. And I, he's like, honestly, I haven't farted in all morning, I don't think. And I, said, and he, I was like, do you smell that? And he said, yeah, I smelled it too. I thought you had just, somebody had just left a, a shit in the toilet. And said, no, no, that wasn't the case. So we, uh, I spray some Febreze around and, and it kind of masks the smell a little bit. But I mean, it that smell just didn't go away. So another day or two passes by and uh, our trash can gets full and... So I'll go take out the trash on the, on the way to dinner. And uh, I lift up that trash bag and the smell hit me like a ton of bricks. I mean, I whew, he about knocked me on my ass. And uh, well, apparently before Mike got all into this uh, non-existent video game he was playing, he must have yacked in the trash can. And in his drunken stupor, he thought he was helping by putting, uh, putting a new trash bag in. And uh, <laughs> thus just sealing that vomit in there. And I, I have cut open a lot of dead animals that have been just festering in the sun for a while. And, and that's rough. But the smell from that trash can still just haunts me. Every time I, I mean, I, I, I get a little bit of the Hebrew jeebies on the, yeah, I just get a little shiver going down my spine when, when I think about it still. I mean, it, it was one of those smells that just burned in your memory. And so I, I in classic Matt McKinley style, I, uh, when I get mad, I get really fucking mad and and it takes quite a little bit for it to happen, but that that happened, and I, I went storming down the hall, and I threw the trash can in Mike's room. I say, hey, fucker, you need to clean out my trash can. 
And he's like, well, no, that's your trash can. I say, yeah, I know, but that's your puke. And uh, and we argued for like a good 30 minutes, and he just could not grasp the the idea that because he puked in the in my trash can that he needs to be cleaned up because it was it was my trash can. I don't give a fuck whose trash can it is. It's in my room, and you puke. Clean up your mess. And I, I believe Aaron kind of had to hold me back because I was just about to, about to throw some fists. I mean, I, I was, I really wasn't even seeing anything at that point. I was, I could not comprehend the mindset to, uh, <laughs> thought, well, that was your trash can, so you cleaned up. Well, no, fucker. You puked. And, uh, <laughs> Needless to say, that was the last time uh, Mike got to party with us in the dorms. Uh, he was pretty well excommunicated after that. And uh, it's one thing to not be able to hold your hold your liquor. You know, it happens to the best of us. But man, I just I have a real real issue with somebody who just can't take any sort of that accountability there. Yeah. Well, I'm going to have to go rinse my mouth out because I can, <laughs> I can almost taste that smell right now. Like I said, it, it is burned in my memory forever. Yeah. But on, a, on that note, I'm going to call her a day. Uh, episode will be, we'll post at midnight again. I'm going to kind of make that my schedule, so... You can listen to it in the in the morning going to work or whatever. Listen to it at your own pace. But it's going to be up at midnight uh, Pacific time. Uh, thanks again for all your support. Had a, had a couple shares and, and comments on Facebook this morning. And uh, I appreciate them all. Uh, keep your feedback coming. Uh, I'm not opposed to constructive criticism, so if you got any complaints, let me know. I'll try to address them if I think they are worthy. And uh, if not, I guess get over it. But I do appreciate everybody's feedback, and I, I, I will try to... If there's any topics and, and stuff you want me to cover, I, I, I've been doing a pretty decent job of, of covering them, but... Uh, I'll, I'll, I'll try to continue to do so and uh, just keep listening, keep sharing, tell your friends, tell your co-workers, whoever, if they, you think they'll like it, let them know. Uh, keep, uh, let's keep the momentum going and uh, I'll, uh, I'll keep talking in your ear. So go find me on Facebook, Matt McKinley for my personal page, Burn Daylight for the show. At MickerMac85 on Twitter and Instagram. At Burning Daylight for the show page. Go follow, like, uh, share it with your friends. Shoot me a message if you got any questions or comments. And uh, let me know if you wanna you wanna order a hat. We'll uh, we'll start making a list so we can you know how to order for the first go, and uh, and we'll get them out as quickly as we can. Uh, Go check out Don't Be a Gunsel. Use the promo code Burning Daylight if you buy any of their stuff. I hope you do. Uh, get uh, get yourself a little discount, 10%. Nothing to sneeze at. So 
with that note i'm out i got shit to do i'm sure you do too so you better move your ass because we're burning daylight myself a piece of toast had fifty dollars in my pocket gonna chase myself a ghost went down Camino Espinosa gonna get me a divorce I'm gonna split with all my money to see that girl who loves a horse it's New Year's Day here on it's always been this way I never do the things order I think I'll stay It's New Year's Day Well, I met them boys there from O'Connor A cowboy like you've never seen They're up for anything you want to Live on steak and refried beans They bought a Stay.